You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You're listening to the Two Stars One Cup podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Just want to welcome everybody into the live stream. Remember, if you're uh, joining us here, you can post a comment. And uh, I actually want to go ahead and try this out where we do a Ask Luds here. So if you got a question for Luds, I got a story in the meantime. And uh, if not, then I'm going to just kind of, I don't know, maybe throw it to Luds for story time or just something like that. But, you know, I wanted to bring this up because this is something that I found fascinating is that the NHL is investigating selling ads on the players' helmets in a way, in, in an effort to generate revenue. And this reminds me, anytime that people start, you know, mentioning adding more um, advertisements on to whether it's, a, you know, the jersey or helmet or something like that, it always reminds me of Talladega Nights where they just cover Will Ferrell's car completely and there's a Fig Newton uh, ad over the windshield where he can't even see where he's driving. Um, Luds, if you were if you were to play, I mean, first of all, do you have any thoughts on that, or do you care if, if there's added, you know, advertisements or anything on jerseys? Does it bother well, you? When it comes to this whole ad thing, um, you know, when you watch teams over in Europe, I mean, they look yeah. like skating billboards out there. I mean, they got it going down their pant legs, their socks, their helmets, their gloves, their sticks. They got patches here, patches there. Like a NASCAR, you know, I mean, kind of deal. So, um, I'm if it wasn't for, for COVID and not being able to put fans in buildings right now, and what may happen in the future, uh, owners not being able to, you know, gather up some revenue and generate mm-hmm. some dollars coming in and out because there's not a lot of people in there. Yeah, I I'm totally okay with the helmet. You know, that the helmet wherever you're gonna put what it is. I, I'm not quite there with the jerseys and on the pants and that kind of thing. So I understand it. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how much exposure a little sticker gets you on the helmet for Seven Eleven or general dollar or, you know, Kroger or whatever it is. But, mm, right. you know, I, I think when you're, when you're in the league and if you've got uh, those kind of companies that are ready to do that, well, you know, this may, this is probably, I think that all the talk has really started because got to find ways to generate some cash here because we don't know how long this whole, you know, not having a hundred, uh, percent of your people and your fans in your building and uh, not being able to bring dollars in and you got to keep paying them out. You're going to pay out whatever your building costs are. You got to pay out 81.5 in salary cap to the players and you don't have any money coming in. How, yeah. how do we do this? Um, I think they're creatively trying to look at ways to bring some more dollars in. So, uh, you know, if this happened back in uh, back of the day when you're playing and you could pick, you know, a couple different uh, advertisements to put on your helmet or on your pant leg, I mean, who would you choose, and why would it be tight end sports bar? See, I, I see you smiling, but <laughs> it, it, it sounds like you're underwater again, so I didn't even hear what you said, but I don't think I'm going to like the question. I think you're going to love the question. Can you hear me now? Okay, yeah. Okay, so I was saying, um, so imagine you were playing, and they, were, they said, hey, Ludge, we're going to put advertisements on the jerseys or on the helmets, and they said you could pick, you know, whatever, well, you know. Ad- for Hooters or tight ends or anything like that. <laughs> And so that's what 
give me anything where I can go into one of them places and get some free beer. You know, I don't, <laughs> we're not getting any players aren't getting any money out of it anyway. It's an interesting question, though, to put a uh, a sticker on my helmet or put a sticker on Jamie Ben's helmet mm-hmm. or on Ovechkin's helmet uh, or Bergeron's helmet. That I mean, and again, it's probably in the standard contract and they're going to have to come up with this. I'm sure they're going to start doing this. But does that player get anything out of it? And right. You know, what I mean, and, you know, if he. Uh, who is it? Uh, not Panarin, uh, uh, Pasternak in, uh, in Boston mm-hmm. does the ads for the coffee, one of the companies, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is, you know, but he's getting paid for that. Okay. He's getting something out of that. And he does the commercials. They play a lot of them in between games, a whole bunch of them in the playoffs. So, you know, if, so he gets, he's already doing an endorsement with them and now Seven Eleven comes up and they want to put a sticker on his helmet. I, I'm just wondering, I got to believe that there's going to be some players that are going to say, what are we getting out of this? You know, and I'm sure yeah. it will be, you're getting your contract, you're getting your salary. You guys are making mm-hmm. two, three million, five million, eight million, whatever it may be. So it would be interesting what, what happens there. Um, but I, I'm not sure, but I, I believe that when you sign that contract, your likeness and all this other stuff is basically owned by the NHL and NHL owners, I believe. So that's probably as far as that's ever going to get. But I, I think, and I and I don't know. It'll be interesting because, and I don't know this. Does the NHL uh, player association have to sign off on this? Does it come to just kind of like what we're talking about now, getting the season started, playing in your own building, or having four hub cities? Because uh, the PA's got to sign off on that, and they've all got to agree to it uh, to mm-hmm. get this thing going. Yeah, it just seems so weird. Like I feel like every every time that we've recorded this, it's felt like okay. By the next time we record. It's Groundhog. It really is. It's Groundhog Day. <clears throat> yeah, it, and, and you know what? There's a lot of people around the, the hockey world that's feeling the same thing. I mean, they there was supposed to be something. You know, hopefully everybody was hoping there'd be something done, but it's not for a lack of working at it from both sides and trying right now. And they went out and they hired Dr. Fauci, and apparently his opinion is if you're going to do this, you need to have four hub cities to start. And I don't believe that the players are digging that too much yeah. uh, to be away from their families and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and it, I think there was talk about going and playing for two weeks and then coming home for one week. And so there's all these scenarios, but again, they're doing their due diligence and they're just trying to keep everybody safe. And now mm-hmm. I think the the other issue that's going to come into play obviously is what's happening in every city that the buildings are in. What are their rules in these cities? What's California? Uh, you know, like for San Jose, I think San Jose, it sounds like San Jose is going to go to uh, Scottsdale because their regulations in California are different than L.A. and Anaheim, you know, because I think they're playing basketball in L.A. So, yeah. you know, they both teams can play out of that building, I'm assuming Anaheim and L.A. can play out of that one. But they're gonna, they're trying to be creative, uh, but they're, they're going to do the right thing by the players and, you know, everybody else. And, they're gonna, and the other thing is, is we talked about the shots coming, you know, so they got the vaccines. And, you know, I heard that the NHL was going to try to buy how many ever it is from a private something. And then I heard people, well, why are they getting it when, you know, all the people out there that should be getting in the public. So it'll, there's, I think there, those are the reasons that we're still yeah. talking about nothing. You yeah. Know, we're, we're sitting here trying to kill time and, you know, and <laughs> not the only ones, you know, the, the NHL network, you know, every day, you know, they're waiting for something, but you know, the teams that, didn't make the play-in round last year. Basically, the seven there were seven, six or seven teams that didn't even get to go to the bubble. Yeah, they haven't played since last March. 
Mm-hmm. So they're going to get an extra three days. It sounds like they're going to be able to start January one. Uh, as far as camps go, I think the rest of them would be like January 3rd. At least that's what they were talking about, but everybody's got a quarantine. So you got, you got to get into those cities 14 days ahead of time. If that's what their rules are, some may, the days may be shorter now in some cities, but you know, Canada for sure. I mean, they got to, people got to be able to come back. And so it sounds like a lot of them are starting to come back because, and it's a good sign to me. It's a good sign things are getting done when the players are starting to come back and it's a holiday, it's Christmas and everything like that, but they're coming mm-hmm. back to their cities and they're going to do their quarantine thing, be ready to go. And the other thing is, is when I'm getting an email from NHL network that they're going to start charging my subscription for NHL TV, I'm thinking, well, they must know something too. Yeah. You know, like that. Otherwise they wouldn't be, you know, getting everybody on board and well, maybe they would, they'll take your money anyways. But, but to me, they're doing everything they have to. They put the money thing away and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, but again, now once they get this all in place, the divisions aren't even done yet. We thought we had four divisions. Yeah. <laughs> now, now is Dallas going to go out there? Are they going to be in the central? Sounds like St. Louis wants to stay in the Pacific, uh, you know, with the LA teams. So they don't have that down yet. And that's all, all this stuff has to get voted on by the player side and by the board of governors. So the board of governors, the owners, they need two thirds of a vote to pass it. And like we said last time, I think some of these owners are saying, you know what, I'm going to lose a lot of money this year, but I lose a lot less money if we don't play, you know, like five times less money, right? Talking 60 million compared to 15. So um, it'll be interesting, but I believe everybody wants to get it done. And I think that the, the rope is getting shorter and shorter here to be able to pull the trigger on this. So I'm, I think they're going to work through those things and, and hopefully whether it's by, you know, Friday or Monday, they can, they can have an answer and say, let's go, you know, start your engines, bring everybody to town. Uh, some of the players that went over and played in Europe, uh, Joe Thornton for one, uh, he went over to Europe to get some games in. Uh, he's playing in Toronto now this year, but he, he headed out of there. He came back a couple days ago. So, and when those kind of things start happening and players start going back to cities, I think there's things that we don't hear that mm-hmm. they know about because their PA is keeping them, you know, so you guys want to get back. So you're ready to get in your camp. So I think it's always good when players are starting to come back to their cities to be able to, to kill that time, whatever that, that quarantine period is. So they're otherwise they probably wouldn't be coming back. I'm going to go on Twitter and uh, break the news that the NHL will be back shortly because Craig Ludwig was charged by the, by NHL TV so it it must be coming soon I don't know when but I feel pretty good about it yeah I don't think I'll get that (laughs) money back either so I'm just waiting and and then what it said is next week which should be this week we're going to tell you how much it's going to cost so they said they tell you they're going to charge you but they don't even tell you how much they're going to charge because that's why I don't know how they can tell you how much they're going to charge because we don't know if we're playing 656 58 48 I think we pretty much know we're not we're not going below 48 game so yeah. um, it's going to be, you know, in the 50s somewhere. Well, you know, a second ago you talked about the shots necessary, um, you know, to be able to have a safe season. We got this comment from Tim and Car Tim, and he says, hey, Luds, let's go to Lion's Den and do some shots. Shippy can come. Are those the type of shots that you were talking about? And uh, which type of shots from the Lion's Den would you do to uh, ensure your safety from COVID? No, I think he's talking about the same kind of shots that I had at about 1 a.m. at Boston's last night. Or I guess that would be this morning. And uh, fireball is a little bit different. Fireball, you just kind of put in you and it burns here. The other <laughs> one's going to your arm and they help you. The, other <laughs> one, the shots he's talking about are the ones, they're not helping you. They're kind of, <laughs> kind of tearing your body apart. They're not protecting it. 
Are you still? Um, I remember the last time that uh, we out we went out and had some drinks. It was it was a lot of Fireball and it was a lot of I think Miller Light. Is that still? Yeah, I'm still is that still sponsorship? You're supposed to get a sponsor from Miller Light for this thing. Uh, hey, we're working on it, man, and and you're supposed to get the tight end sponsor going. You know, we we got a lot of stuff that we've been working on. Um, you know, behind the scenes here. And uh, yeah, we got we got this comment too from Jacob. He says, "Make no mistake, Luds turns up on a Tuesday." <laughs> so it sounds like yeah. you were shutting the bar down Wait last night. I'm reading something. What does Luds do on Tuesday? Turns up. It means it you yep. turns up. Turns up. Yeah, turns up. You know, like I think that's what all the kids I, I, say. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you went? No, I was at Boston's. I went to Boston's. No invite, huh? Well. <clears throat> The, we get off the ice. I had a buddy in town. So we get off the ice uh, with the U18 team around 5, 5.30. So there's one right up. It's actually our practice rink in Valley Ranch. So oh, wow. Boston's been there for a long time. So it's it's close. And so I figured it was going to be about an hour. And like normal, it rolls into a couple other things. So Yeah. Oh, trust yeah. me. You, you and me both are, you know, me and me both do that, I think, a lot more than uh, the typical average well, don't, human don't being. Bring me, hey, don't drag me down with you. <laughs> what do you mean down with me? Don't drag me down. I'm proud of you for drinking water right now. I really am. Because remember- last night, I'm trying to get something back in my body here. <laughs> two hours. So I'm trying to trying to replenish. You Poison in, poison out. Right. You need to, see, you need to get to like the sauna or like a, uh, you know, something like that. Steam room. Well, that's- we got that in our alumni room. That's at, that's at Farmer's Branch. We've got the, we got a real nice uh, Stars alumni room and uh, Gerald Diddick and Bobby Bassin hooked it up, made sure we had a sauna in there. We got a big bar in there. And um, so we got a nice little setup there. So the saunas come in at that rink, not at the one we're going to today. One of the uh, questions here that I've got, you know, from NHL.com heading into the Dallas Stars season, they ask if Jamie Ben can produce or can boost his production again. How do you feel about because I'm I've been worried. I was surprised last year with how well Jamie played, honestly, because it seemed like he was slowing down quite a bit, which you know made a lot of sense with the way that he played the game. It didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem like that's a sustainable type of you know, style of play. What do you see for you know the captain moving forward in terms of his production? And how much weight do you put on how he produces offensively? as opposed to, you know, what he does in the room and how he does leading the team and things like that. I believe that Jamie's points and goals and things like that will come when he plays the way he did in the playoffs. And, and I think what he's done uh, for himself, for his game, uh, players, the coaching staff, the fans, is now that is the Jamie Ben that we've seen play early on in his career. That's how we made the team. That's how we got here in Dallas is that – and, I, you know, and I'd say to him, I said, man – Dude, you're, you're the guy that plays in straight lines. Like you go, you don't go around people. You go through people. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. And so now he's kind of set his own bar. So we know how he was successful, how he led. Um, I, I don't believe never been in the room with Jamie. I don't believe uh, that he is a rah-rah guy. Um, I, I, again, I put him like, like hats, like we talked about, you know, I, and I think he knows that he's the guy that, because how many times have we seen that when something goes sideways in a game, He's not afraid to get out there and drop the gloves with whoever laid a hit on one of his own teammates. So mm-hmm. he's easily that guy. We know that. And I do believe his production will will come because of that. And, and I think that lends to to him getting to the net, being at the right place. Uh, 
you know, not making the extra move sometimes at the offensive blue line where you try to dangle around somebody. I like it when he comes in on his offside, he drops his arm down, he bowls his way to the net. And kind of like we were talking about Corey Perry, Jamie's, mm-hmm. a, skater. Jamie's a powerful skater. He, he's a physical presence. He's not afraid to drop the glove. He's a total package. And, and, I, and again, I, I think when you do that, number one, the two people that are on his line, whether it's Rajalov, Sagan, whatever, and when he plays that way and he gets below the tops of the circle, the Browns faceoff dot, and he wants to play that way, there's no second guessing. There's no hanging out on the perimeter waiting for a pass to come across the crease because he's taking it to the net and there's going to be a car wreck there and there should be something laying around. And then, like I said, it, it sends a message to the team. It, it creates your identity. You know, your captains are usually supposed to be the identity of your club. And, and that's the way we play. That's how we become successful. And, you know, they were. They, they were successful. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's exactly who they were in the playoffs. Um, because I, I see them, you know, because they were such a good defensive team, top, what, two, three in the league when it comes to goals against. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the playoffs, they were giving up two, three goals. They were coming from behind and games are down by two or three goals. We didn't see a ton of that but they were really hard uh, to score against. And, you know, there were a lot of goals going in the playoffs. Yeah. But they have, but they found ways to overcome it. So good for them. So, you know, <clears throat> maybe they're talking about, hey, we can play both ways. That Maybe that's part of our game. Um, we can we can keep a tight game, and we can play a two-to-one hockey game, a three-to-two game. But if we're down a goal, we're not afraid of being down a goal because we've already proven that we can come back, and we did it on the biggest stage. Yeah. You know, I think they come out of those playoffs with a lot of things that they can work on and, and add to their game. Now, this question comes from Jacob Wallace. He says, do you all think Tyler will have a better year coming off his hip surgery or worse? I mean, I would definitely have to go with better because I don't feel like, you know, by Tyler's standards, that's about as poor of a season as you, you're going to see. Um, and then if you factor in how well, you know, if you, if you factor in like the four injuries he was playing with, it makes – you really appreciate the production he was able to, you know, provide and at least be out there as somewhat of like a decoy, I guess. But yeah. what do you, I mean, we've, we both talked about how we think, you know, his game's changing. He's losing, you know, the skating speed, the foot speed and things like that. But, you know, we think that he's, he could be able to adapt. Is that kind of how you're feeling with that? Yeah. You know what? I, again, it, it sounded like it's a pretty extensive uh, surgery that he had. Uh, I think they're expecting him back sometime in March, possibly. So rehab time is a long time too. It's it's about he's how he's going to rehab. I'm assuming once he starts getting healthy, he's probably going to feel a hell of a lot better than what he had to play through. Um, mm-hmm. So that will be encouraging for himself. But I think anytime you're it's your knees or your hips or anything like that, it, it's I think you'd worry about it more if you're a general manager or head coach and you're wondering how is he going to come back because Tyler's game is skating. I mean, let's be honest. I mean he he can skate, he can fly, he opens up a lot of space. He's great with his hands. Um, so. You know, for for those kind of guys, that that's how they got to the league, I believe, along with you know the the hockey IQ. That that's his that's his weapon is his feet, and and for a centerman especially, uh, it's not just about the offensive end; it's about the defensive end, getting to the areas on the ice in your own zone, supporting your defenseman, being there for him. Where the wingers kind of come in the walls, and you know they kind of more stop and start. Uh, centerman got to skate, and so yeah. it'll be interesting. I, you know, and I'm hoping everything goes great, and because. You know, Tyler is what, 26 or something like that, somewhere in that neighborhood, 26, 27, some, somewhere in there. So, you know, he's got a good seven, eight years left. and He's and, 28. So, and you need him. I mean, he's got a good contract. I, I know that he wants to live up to the contract. So, but it, but it, to me, it, it's kind of a wait and see kind of thing for mm-hmm. me. 
to see what he comes back after this surgery and rehab. You know, we've talked about uh, Lindy Ruff and Rick Bonus now on this podcast, and you bringing up, you know, Tyler Sagan there makes me wonder if, you know, and you played you played for Hitch, but it seems like one of Hitch's, you know, in his one-season return that he made here to Dallas, it seemed like the biggest impact that he made perhaps was in Tyler Sagan's game because it seemed like after Tyler played with Hitch, after playing with Lindy Ruff, it seemed like he started to play that full 200-foot, you know, game and, and really started wanting to be on the penalty kill and things like that. Is that is that who you credit that kind of shift in mentality and things to for for Tyler's with Hitch or what what do you think? Talk about Kiwi Ranta? Uh no, with Tyler Sagan and, and uh Hitch. So I was basically did you did you lose me? Are you swimming again? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Do you know sign language? I don't know sign language. I know this means yes, and that means no. But uh, can you hear me now? I'm making more out of that than what I'm hearing. Really? You can't hear me? Oh, no. Um, well, I don't know how to do the podcast where you can't hear me. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do? I think we're just going to end on that note. Can yeah, you hear yeah. me? Can you just write it down and hold it up like this? I don't have any. I don't have it. You want me to text it to you? I text it to you. <laughs> You're going to text me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can text me the question. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just wrap up this episode of two oh, no, stars. I, one. I heard you what? say. Oh, well now you yeah. can hear me. Now you can hear you. All right. never mind. So I was asking about Ken Hitchcock and basically, you know, his one season here with the Dallas stars is one season return. Yep. And basically, you know, we were just talking about Tyler Sagan and the way he's changed his game. And I was just wondering how much of that you attribute to hitch. Cause it seemed like it was hitch that really, you know, I guess challenge Tyler to, Hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you, you know, be a penalty killer? Why don't you be a guy that, you know, is out there for all the biggest face-offs? Is that who you kind of credit that that shift I would, to? I would say a hundred percent, but that wouldn't be right. But yes, but, but Tyler had to buy into it. You know, Tyler had to be willing to become an all around player. And so, you know, you can say that head co- it's all because of the head coach, but the players got to buy into it and it's how you sell it. Um, and there's no doubt that, that Hitch came here, saw what he is. And that's why, you know, I think that's when, when you want, again, I go back to Bergeron. I mean, he played with Bergeron in, in Boston, and he's one of the best two-way centers in the game. Uh, but Tyler, I think before he got here, for sure, he was that offensive threat and thrill and skate and do, zig and zag and all this other kind of stuff. Um, now he's accountable in his own end. And now because of that work that Tyler put in and, you know, Hitch's uh, work with him about it, he was able to play and get and be a big part of getting that club to the finals in the Stanley cup. And it was on one leg as we know, or one and a half, Mm -hmm. but he was able to take key face-offs. He was able to be out there. He would take face-offs in his own end on the penalty kill. And then he changed, he get he get his job done there. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to play in his own zone. Maybe he couldn't get to the spots he needed to offensively, <clears throat> because once you do that work there, now his skating comes into play where he's got to get back up the ice and get to the front of the net and all that. And yeah. I, think, I think he was hampered, obviously, because of that. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, and again, the the player has to be willing to buy into that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that's why he got the kind of contract that he did because he became a two-way centerman. Two-way centermen are very valuable. And we talk about Kopitar. That's why these guys get the big dollars because they can play – you know, and he's not 
he's in great shape. He can play 24, 25 nights or minutes a night, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I think a, a guy like Carbo and Carbono about how as he got older, his game changed a little bit. So he, his, his positioning became so important because you don't have the same legs and the same stamina as you start getting 33, 34, 35, you just get smarter. And so yeah. you get, you get to those spots on the ice that, you know, the other player wants to get to, but you get to them first and you make them do something else. So, I think the older you get, the more important this gets um, to be able to think the game uh, even more than you typically have to. And you get smarter in your positional play and you're still effective in what you do. You can't probably get up and down the ice as fast and quick as you used to. Um, and that's why I think it's so important for those kind of guys to be able to skate. And we'll see where this goes with Tyler. But for sure, I, I, I give Hitch a ton of credit. And I talked to Hitch through the process and he was trying to get him to a certain point. And, and we noticed it. I, it was... I mean, it was like that play right there. That's you can already see the change, and, and so and he's continued to stay that player, and that's why I think he's so valuable to Rick Bonus. You know, to be mm -hmm. able to throw Tyler out there, he's not a liability anywhere on the ice. And I think early on in his career, you know, he was more slanted to the offensive end. Now, this next question, if I am underwater, I'm going to put it on the screen so you can actually see it. I'm going to. I can't hear you. So, <laughs> well, it's from Jacob. He says, do the Stars need an addition to the roster at this point to continue as a contender or just develop their young players? I think uh, I think they're in a spot where the leaders on the club, the, the, the go-to guys on the club, you know, again, we said this before, I mean, how many players are in their early to mid-30s on the team? Mm -hmm. And then you've got the young guys. So it's now for me. <clears throat> Otherwise, what happens is if Rads goes and I think Como's won and Perry, obviously, he's not here anymore. Joe Pavelski, I mean, Joe's 36, 37 years old. Uh, he's got two years left, I believe. But um, the, the legs start to go. And, and so that window was a year before this past Stanley Cup run and now. Uh, and then because they'll start looking, you know, to – put your team together. And and yeah. that's, to me, I think that's the reason they went out and got Pavelski and got Perry. I mean, they didn't go out and get players that were 26, 27. Those aren't easy to get anyways. Yeah. But they added that because we need something to put us over the hump and, and get us there. A little more leadership probably, but some guys that the best time that they play the game is in the playoffs. And that's what they got in Pavelski and Perry. So uh, I, I mean, for Perry could be back. I, he's out there yet. I mean, nobody, yeah, I saw he, I know. He, he's he's waiting just to see what the season's actually going to be before he decides on a team. Well, what they're waiting on is nobody's getting paid. And, you know, I mean, this is a this is a terrible time for these guys that free agency like Mike Hoffman is still out there. And Hoffman, I, he's I, probably for the last five, six years, he's a 30, 35 goal scorer. Yeah. So but. He's not obviously he hasn't signed anywhere because the teams don't know how much they can pay him yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think they have an idea because there's not a lot of dollars coming in. The cap is what the cap is. You know, teams are going to, there's some teams that are going to, as soon as they announce this thing, they're going to have to figure out how to shed some dollars. There's going to be some players moving, um, you know, and that's not happening right now. So how quick is that going to happen too? So, yeah. you know, and I think Corey's probably waiting, you know, and, and I would say that Corey, somebody's going to have a million dollars for him. I think that's what he got last year. I think he came mm -hmm. here for a million dollars. So um, 
Oh, bad. Oh, I don't know how you can play on that, but uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably, uh, that'll probably be a salary wherever he goes. I would assume the way that it is, um, whether it's in Dallas or someplace else, but I just look at this team as it, when those older players get another year older, you know, a year and a half older, are you all of a sudden going now we've got these guys here and then we've got all these lightning, you know, hints and Gary on and guys like that. So, you know, it's kind of the changing of the guard. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's my concern is that there needs to be some guys in the middle there, some, some top end guys in the middle. But again, it, it's so hard right now with everything and try to bring in these players. Uh, somebody's going to get some good players. I think that are out there um, for under the, the market that they should get. Now, before we get out of here, I got to ask you this. Have you had a chance to listen through Taylor Swift's new album? Who? Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> what what kind of... See that? <laughs> I mean, I, would, I haven't listened to it. I just wanted to see your reaction, honestly. No, I, I'm not... What, what kind of music is Ludd typically listening to when he's on uh, the bike? I don't think I've ever heard a song that she sings. I think you probably do. I really think you probably have. There's, uh, maybe I did. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sing it for I'm you. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. No, well, nothing bad about that. It's just... You just haven't listened yet. I kind of music. You you might like it. What is Lud's kind of music? What's that? What is what is your kind of music? Uh, you know I'm I'm a little little rock and roll kind of thing and uh, Metallica, uh, and country. I gotta admit, I, I over the years I've become a big country fan and okay. I I was able to go on a Harley deal that we did here with Dirk Bentley and been on the bus wow. with Toby Blake and guys like that. So um, Dang. I got into it. I, I, I really do. I like country music, but um, I'm, my bike is full of when I ride on the bike, it's kind of got a mix of things, but it's more this rock and roll kind of stuff. And, and when you pull off to the side of the road and have a couple of beers on the side of the road, I kind of put on the country. So, and Pantera, of course, I mean, we, that, yeah. that's a given. Yeah, I don't even know. I know everybody knows that. So I matter of fact, I got a I have my I got a bear on my little porch over here and it's got a stars jersey on it. It's got a Santa hat on it and it's got dimes guitar hanging here and I got Vinny's lanyard. And then I got down below. I got one of Vinny's symbols on the floor that they that they made a guitar for me. So um, so I got that. That's when you walk in the door. It's the first thing that you see is the the Vinny guitar, Dimes guitar, and Vinny's drums. And I got a set of drums that he signed for me and I got a bunch of stuff from him too. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of a, that's kind of a given. And no, I don't listen to Whitney Houston. So no, no <laughs> Whitney and no Taylor. <clears throat> I just had to put that comment I, up I there. I might just... as well read it. Cause I can't hear what you're saying. So I'll just read all this stuff down here. Well, I think I found a way I'm. See, I think I found a way if this happens in the future. I can like, oh, here we go. There we go. Can you read this? Now I can start just posting. If you can't oh, hear me, God. if you can't, if you can't hear me, I'm just going to start posting my own uh, questions. Yeah, you're you're going to ask the questions like that? I'm, I, if we have to. You might. We, 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 we need the people to be able to hear, you know, the, the Dallas Stars analysis that we're bringing and yeah. the Taylor Swift you're and right. music, you know. Don't you got, don't you got an assistant in there? Nah, man, I'm a one-man show. Well, two-man show, obviously. Yeah, but... well, you need an assistant then. <laughs> I know. Because this ain't working. I know. Well, 
Well, uh, we'll I'll get an assistant by next episode. I'll talk to Dylan and Nisha with the, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, they've been super, you know, helpful throughout this whole thing. Luds, as always, I hope you can hear me right now. But it's it's been a pleasure talking hockey with you once again. Hopefully, I think I end this this I think I end the podcast this way every time, basically saying hopefully next time we'll have some sort of announcement on an NHL season. Yeah. So we, we actually will. have we will. We will. All right, Luds. I'm saying it right now because the next one we're not having until there is an announcement. So guaranteed <laughs> we're going to have an answer. We're going to have some info for you. All right. Well, as always, appreciate everybody joining us on the live stream. Um, Luds, we had a pretty good a, a turnout today. We had like up to 30 people at one point. We got 16 30. now. Yeah, 30. we're starting We're starting to grow this thing. So uh, no pressure. Um, hopefully we'll get the, uh, the, the sound thing figured out. But uh, – Appreciate your time as always, Luds. Always a great time talking hockey with you. Remember, if you enjoyed the uh, the content, join us for our next live stream, or you can like, subscribe, and uh, download the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that has podcasts. Uh, Luds, you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nope. Time for me to go to work. All right. You got 30 seconds, man. We're out of here now. Thank you, everybody. Lud, talk to you next week. Cheers.